Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you back here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we actually have a guest back with us. We have Brendan Bota from South Africa. So, Brendan, thank you so much for uh, joining us again. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah, so last time we spoke with Brendan, um, we unpacked his story, which I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that in our archives. Um, but Brendan, you came from uh, a home where your, your parents split up when you were young. Um, you grew up without a father in the home. Um, you, you talked about how you were introduced to pornography early on. You um, even developed like some anger issues, which I'm sure were not unrelated to some of the issues going on in your home. Um, and then, and then eventually when you were in high school, uh, 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 one of the folks at the high school really helped you come to Christ and, and discipled you and helped you understand that. And, and as you began to work on those issues later on, you began to learn what authentic manhood is really all about through a lens of, of, of scripture. Um, I'd love for you to just I'd love for us to kind of pick it up from there because, um, you know, after you came to Christ and, you know, God started really working on you in terms of what does authentic manhood look like? Uh, you talked about meeting your wife and can we start from there to get a little bit more background in terms of how that relationship also impacted what was going on in your pursuit of greater integrity. And then, then let's talk about how your ministry break free was birthed and some of the things that you really are trying to, to teach people and help people with through the ministry. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, my wife, Kate, um, she, she and I, we started dating, um, in my first year out of high school. Um, at the same time, shortly after, uh, I had, I'd started this, this fight against pornography in order to be an authentic man. Um, it was an interesting conversation to have with her. I remember the, I remember the nerves, um, to, to let her know that, Hey, by the way, I'm into porn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, some of the, it was, it was interesting because it took us a while, um, a couple of weeks, I suppose, maybe a couple of months to, to kind of get to that, to, to get her to understand that, that um, pornography changes, um, changes the way you see things, changes the way you, you, um, you address issues, but also that the way a guy is wired is very different to the way a girl is wired. And um, the things that I think about and look and pay attention to is not what she does either. Um, and it, it took some time, but um, she, she pursued in trying to understand where I was coming from. And as soon as the penny dropped for her, she was a massive, massive help for me. Um, so yeah, she, she went around um, often in, uh, in the queues and aisles and in, in shopping malls and stuff like that. She would walk ahead of me and she'd flip magazines that were a little bit inappropriate. Um, she would spend hours and hours and hours um, in shopping malls um, trying to find modest clothing um, that uh, she, she now understood like if it's, it might be covering, but if it's too, if it's too tight fitting or something like that, that still shows something that leads my brain, unfortunately, porn trained brain into, into an area that I don't want it to go. And, um, and when we both, when we both kind of decided that actually purity and integrity is where we want to go, then, then we had to pay attention to modesty, to thoughts, to um, what we were doing, how, how, how things were in, in our thought life and our, um, uh, and our, even our own physical, our own physical relationship as well. And we yeah. had to pay a lot of attention to that early on. 
Well, and I like one of the things I like that you're saying there that I really would like for our listeners to hear is, you know, it sounds like you guys learned how to team up, um, and 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 in a way that was not shaming or blaming or name calling or or you know because I think sometimes it's real easy for there to still be a combative mode there between between men and women in, in a couple is the idea of because it's often hard for a woman to understand that aspect of a man or even a man to understand the sexual aspects of a woman, we stay so focused on our own way of understanding that we almost just roll our eyes and, and just keep blaming. It's like, well, just, in other words, we're kind of saying to that other person, I'm not really going to accept you until you see things the way I see them. And what I hear you saying is you guys kind of learn to team up where she was really choosing to be a partner with you rather than somebody that says, well, I can't fully and totally understand that. So I'm not going to help. And I think, I, I think you're illustrating for us the positive dynamics of when we realize our, our lives can help others, even if we don't fully understand them. So yes, can you speak yeah. to so, that a little bit about that idea of partnering yeah. when we don't fully understand somebody else. Yeah, so what, what, was, what was massively huge, massively encouraging for me and, and ma- hugely impactful is that when she, when she understood where I was coming from, the kind of thing that was going in my brain, um, she picked up that there's things she can do to help me. She, there's things she can do to reduce the risk of me um, beginning to think about whatever, lustful thoughts or um, to bring flashbacks of pornography and, and those, those unwanted thoughts back or something like that. There, there was, there was, she, she recognized that there was things she could do to help make it easier for me to transition out of pornography. But um, what was, I think what was probably the big, biggest thing is that it, it clicked for her that she wasn't just doing it for me, she was doing it for everybody that came behind me. Mm. Um, and that was, I think that was, that became a, a a huge encouragement for me, but also a massive weight that was off of me because I, I, I knew that for sure she's got my back because she's got the back of everybody else who is also dealing with pornography issues who are coming after, who's coming behind me. So it was, she would flip those magazines. Initially it was for me, but as soon as she realized that this is actually a, a purity and an integrity thing of every male Christian, then she, she then said, this is, this is not just for you. I know this, I know you've got this issue. This is not for you. This is those guys who are behind you are not as strong yet. And that was, that was massive for me. So what point in time then did things start to transition where you, you started realizing that maybe God's putting a call on your life for it to actually go beyond you in the sense of like, he wants your story to impact others. He wants you to help other men, especially in this area. Tell us kind of how Break Free came into being. Yeah, sure. So that, um, that, actually, that actually came on quite late on. Um, so I spent a, few, a, number of, a good number of years where I would kind of share my story with um, just one or two guys in and around um, youth groups or um, guy settings that I, that I had, um, men's groups that we were part of. Um, so I'd share my story with a couple of guys just to try and help them out. Um, it really was, um, I think what, what was really kicked, what kicked that idea off was um, we had a, a chap from Jews for Jesus who came around to us um, and uh, we had him around um, for some coffee at our, at our house at one, um, at one point while he was in the area um, and I just shared my story with him and um, his, his comment was like, you've, the, the Lord's grace is on your life so have you, have you ever thought about ministry? 
Um, and that was the first sort of, um, I think the first thought that actually this, this may be something bigger than just me. Um, but what really happened um, was a couple of years after that, um, probably about now four or so years back now, um, was there was a, a family member who had passed away and um, I'd gone up to help with the, the closing of the estates. And um, being, being a trained IT administrator, I'm the, the, you know, the IT wizard who does stuff with computers. And so I was, I was tasked with going through all the IT, IT stuff that this person had to try and find um, you know, stuff to, to close this, this estate off. And I came across a lot of pornography on the devices. Um, and the problem was that this person, this family member that I had, they lived alone in somebody else's house. And um, when they passed away, it, it took two days or so for, for anyone to find them. So we, my wife and myself, we, we came back thinking um, after, that, after that period, we came back thinking quite largely about, um, about the difference between that person's life and the difference between my life. Um, and going, the Lord, the Lord really is the difference. And um, this is an issue that's bigger than just my, my life and my personal story to one or two people. This is an issue that, that many people are suffering from in silence um, who don't either don't know or haven't been challenged or unfortunately haven't heard the gospel um, in this, in this setting, in this environment. Um, and uh, yeah, the, that was, that was the, the, the birthing I think of, of break free to say, actually, this is a bigger issue. More people need to know about this. Yeah. So obviously a big part of what you guys do with break free is the awareness piece, right? Just letting people know, um, what are the actual dangers of pornography? Because I think sometimes, you know, you, people are all over the map in terms of whatever their histories have been, whatever their worldview is, is going to shape how they might see pornography. Yeah, um, sure. so, so how do you help people? What are you trying to make people aware of when it comes to the issue of pornography? The way, um, the way in which we, we try and, and approach it is we we deliberately label ourselves as a, as a, as a Christian based organization, but we don't, um, we don't, we're not overtly um, kind of speaking Christ um, from the start. We want to, we, in almost every talk we do, we, we primarily show that, that there's scientific evidence. There's much research that has gone in to show that pornography is a problem. It's a problem that um, that has lasting implications and drastic issues, not only in the but as soon as you've got a whole addicted to porn or influenced by it, then you've got a society that's now also degrading, um, which then that that immediately opens up a lot of ears who where people are not not necessarily open or not necessarily um, for the gospel. Um, when when we can when we can use those the research done by um, many many um, doctors and, and scientists when we can use that research to show this is actually um, this is truth. <laughs> um, followed that, then many people actually like to hear a story. Um, they like to hear somebody's personal story, in which then in which case then I tell mine. Um, and uh, I think what's what's nice about mine is that. My conversion to Christianity and my 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 um, my introduction to Christ is pretty central to my 
fighting pornography. So right. that's where we that's where we bring in Christ into the into the story. Then is is um, there's a real life issue. Um, this is the issue, and this is how I got out of it. It was Christ. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so that's that's where we, we that's where we generally go. Um, and um, after that, we then we then provide um, guidance with um, counseling tips and guidance with with uh, technology to use. But we we focus the focus is really on how Christ can get you out, just like He did me. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. And I want to I want to relate it mainly to just kind of some of the insights that you personally gained along your journey that I'm sure you incorporate into what you are trying to teach people when somebody does say, you know, based on the work you're doing for awareness and they realize, Oh man, I can identify with that. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen those negative effects in my own life or in the life of somebody that I love. Um, but, but walk us through what are some of the key fundamental like principles or insights or practices that you learned along the way as you were discovering what Christ wanted to show you about the dysfunction of pornography and the better way of his design. So can mm. you tell us some, some key principles that you learned or some key insights that you've gained along the way? Yeah, sure. So um, one, one, one I'll start off with is that um, you, you very quickly learn as well that, um, that the pornography we view is, is a very much a, a, a cropped image of what's going on in the pornography industry. Um, very quickly you find that what what the end user will see and consume as, as pornography um, is not the real thing going on. And um, as soon as you start seeing the back end of what's going on in the pornography industry, you start seeing how, um, how depraved and how um, degraded the industry is. And from not even from a Christian point of view, but just from a general, a general um, uh, humanistic point of view, you'll see that, this is uh, pornography can if you're living in an in, a, in an environment like that it cannot be beneficial for a society um when when that kind of thing is going on um that's that's just a, a an outright start but um the the what i i think some of the things i learned very early on um was that accountability is a massive massive key but when i say accountability i mean um a relationship with one person or more, where you can be utterly transparent with that person, um, because very quickly you find that it is harder for you to speak to that person face to face and tell him what's going on in transparency um, than it is for you to 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 pray to God and ask for forgiveness. Um, which then shows you that our our idea or our understanding of God is far too small, and we we value people's opinions far too high. Um, which it shouldn't be. It should be the other way around. We should be so scared to come to the Lord with us. Rather, we should rather go very quickly go to a friend. But we don't. We we very much because uh, I can't see God or because God can't see you know because other people can't see this. Um, we very much pull God down from His glory um, and raise somebody else up, raise people up, and um, so that 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 very that's very uh, i found that very highlighted in my heart quite quite early on is that i've got a very small view of god if that's the case yeah and i think one of the things that i learned along those lines of the accountability piece in terms of just the difference between like interacting with uh you know a person that i can see versus you know praying to god who i can't see was um i like to say it this way it's not as if i didn't pray about my struggle with pornography 
before I got into recovery or before I got into a group. And it's just that I didn't really understand or experience, I would say, like the the power and the presence of God until mm-hmm. I got into space with other men. Yeah. It's almost like, and it did it did do a little bit of what you're talking about there for me. It did expose that that double standard that I'd have that says, oh yeah, piece of cake, I can go take all this crap that I'm doing and confess it to God and just kind of sort of appease my guilt and feel a little better about myself because he says, if I confess my sins, he forgives, thank God, but then kind of keep doing what I'm doing. But when I got in, and so in other words, it was almost like I was developing a dysfunctional relationship with God that exhibited no actual power in my life to overcome the sin that was in my life. When I got into a group with other guys, like you're talking about accountability, all of a sudden there's a different dynamic when uh, I like to say it, it's when God God has skin on. Like there's there's these principles that sort of come to life in a different way when I'm actually having to look at somebody in their eyeballs and say <laughs> something to them. It's like God shows up in a different way in that environment. And it's like it kind of becomes more real. So so if you were going to try to encourage somebody out there to to take kind of that initial step of accountability, what are some things that you would encourage them in? Because I do think there's a fear a lot of times in that step, or there's either some confusion about, well, what do you actually do in terms of trying to be accountable with somebody? What are some things that you would try to help that person think through? Yeah, so um, I, I've got uh, this, this um, phrase that I use for, for the type of accountability that I, that I, I often talk about. Um, I, I came across somebody who, who um, I thought this was a fantastic phrase, where they said, if, you, if you're meeting up as an accountability group and all you're doing is just saying, hey, listen, this is how this week's gone for me. This, is, you know, being, this was great. This wasn't great. Then they said, that's just a catch-up session. That's not accountability. And um, I thought, like, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so the, the, kind of, um, the kind of accountability that I often talk about, the phrase that I use is um, deliberate random transparency. Um, and... Uh, the the way in which the way that looks is um i i'd say that that you've got you've got to have a person that, that you can be transparent with so somebody that you can trust um that you've got to raise this issue that i've got this issue and i need i need help um would you be willing to help and if they are then you say this is how i would like you to help and um the ways the ways that the person often the person that that's trying to get out of pornography i'd say that they've got to learn Bible verses, memorize scripture, um, and um, not just scripture that talks about how sexual immorality or um, uh, or lust or whatever it is 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 bad, but also also things about what has Christ done to get us away from that? Why has He done that? And what is waiting for me in 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 the next life? What is waiting for me after the resurrection? Um, and um, it was um, that's the kind of the kind of Kind of step by step transition that you do. Um, so as soon as as soon as you feel oh, I'm tempted to go and um, watch pornography or I'm tempted to to think lustful thoughts about a particular person, my challenge to the, the 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 addict or the recovery addict is to say that you've now got to sit and recite your Bible your Bible verses word for word. Name the passage. Name the name the the book of the Bible word for word. Recite that to train your brain not to look after. The, not to look for the lust, but to go, actually, I need to be looking towards God and why. Um, but with the accountability partner, the accountability partner has the freedom at any stage of the day to get hold of you and you've got to, one, tell them 
how are you feeling right there and then? What's, what's the struggle that you're going through? And if they ask you to recite, recite any passage, you've got to recite it then, there and then on the spot. But at the same time, they've got to be open so that if you get hold of them and say, listen, I'm battling, they've got to be then and there ready to say, okay, I need to pray for you. I'm going to be praying for you. What can I pray for you? Is there any, ask, ask you questions. How can you get out of that situation? Is there any ways in which you can try and ease it or get out or um, avoid this? Um, so there's a deliberate, um, a deliberate um, accountability that's going on, deliberate asking of questions, but the randomness comes in at any time of the day. Yeah. Five in the morning, 10 at night, lunchtime, whatever it is, any time of the day, you've got to be prepared as the, as, as the, as the, the addict to, you've got to be prepared to get hold of them and tell them when I'm, when I'm battling, but I've also got to be prepared that when they call, I need to be able to recite my passages. I need to be able to say, this is what I'm feeling right, right, right then and there. Yeah. Um, so you know, it makes me, it makes me think of, uh, as you're saying that some of the things that, that rise up in me is, you know, I, I like to tell people I'm a recovering legalist, you know, so a lot of times there's, <laughs> there's, when I start hearing people give really specific details of like, do this and do this and do this. And it's awesome stuff. There's that old part of me that says, oh man, that sounds like a whole bunch of rules. That sounds like you're, you know, you could slip into legalism. But then I also, I also remember a great quote by a guy named Dallas Willard, who, when he was talking about grace, he made this statement. He said, grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. So I think it's always important to let people know that, listen, when you've had a particular sin that has really just gripped your soul for a long time, you're, you're not going to break free from that with like a magic, like snap your fingers and then there's a discipline aspect to it. And I love what you're saying because accountability is a real discipline. You're, in fact, you're really kind of shifting paradigms. You're going from an old sort of isolated, disconnected way of doing life, which is saying I'm going to hide all kinds of parts of my life and not let anybody see it, to then actually stepping out and saying, I'm going to do an uncomfortable, unfamiliar thing, which is really try to connect with somebody else and do some very disciplined things. Grace is very much still a part of that process. It's sure. if I start doing those things and thinking that by those things, I'm earning favor with God, then I've stepped outside of grace. So can you yeah. talk a little bit about just the, the, the need and the power for God's grace in this process? Because let's be honest, Brendan, none of us do this perfectly. There's no, <laughs> there's no man who walks this road without ever stumbling. So can no. you help us understand how much grace has meant in your own life, and then also how you try to help other people embrace the grace of God as well. For sure. So that's I think that's that's a that's a huge that's a huge thing that you've just opened up there. It's with without the grace of God. I mean, there's there's no there's no forgiveness for any sin without without His grace. And I think that's that's a starting point. Is that yes, this is this is sexual sin that we're dealing with, and and it can be massively devastating, not just for your own life, but for many people around you. But the same grace that's needed to help me out of that sin, a person who's a, who's a thief or a, um, a liar or, you know, a murderer, they need the same grace, you know? So it's not just that um, I need this massive amount of grace to help me out of this. It's, it's the same grace that God gives to anyone who is actually saying, I need, I can't do this on my own. I, I need a savior. Um, and and that's that's massively encouraging that it's that, that God is willing just to say sure I'll help you out just trust in me and I'll help you 
Um, and that's, that's massively comforting, knowing that um, in a, it, with, with an addiction, you get, you get lapses and you get relapses and uh, relapses we don't want to go into, <laughs> um, for sure. But the lapses we know are probably going to come. Um, the, the, the falling back um, into, into a sin for a bit um, or just the, the temptation and you fall to that temptation, we know that's going to come. Um, you know, Satan won't let us, let us off the hook, for sure. Yeah. Neither will our sinful desires either. Um, and uh, so we know that's coming, but we know also at the same time that, that, that um, God's grace is so much bigger than, than any one of our sins. Um, and um, the passages that, that I really have been, taken a lot of um, encouragement from are, are <laughs> passages of, of where you know God's God won't he won't he won't bruise a, 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 a I said he won't break a bruised a bruised reed and yeah. um, how that um, you know he is faithful to forgive um, to those who come to him you know and remembering that that he is faithful I don't have to be faithful. Uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm saying that, that's not, his forgiveness is not on my faithfulness. His yeah. forgiveness is on his faithfulness. Um, and he is always faithful. Um, and one of the, one of the books of the Bible that have really, really encouraged me going through um, my walk through pornography has been reading Hosea. Um, and uh, just equating, um, you know, the life of a prostitute um, to a godly man. And uh, that's how God views us. You know, you're a prostitute who's, who's just you know, prostituting yourself to all these idols. But nonetheless, I will come back and love you back into a relationship with me so that you forget those idols. Um, and that's what he does with me every single day. And, um, you know, that, that kind of grace is something you can't just pass up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the, I think one of the passages that has always meant a lot to me is just uh, Luke chapter 15 and how the father just loves lost things, you know. Uh, loves the lost prodigal loves you know he's he's always looking down that road for for his son to come home and uh, and you think about how far that son wandered I mean went to a foreign country went you know did all these things that were not what a Jewish boy should be doing and yet dad was looking every single day for that boy to come home and and was not looking with a condemning eye but was looking with like an eye ready to rejoice and to celebrate and to just lavish him with grace. So as we wrap up here, Brendan, we only got a couple minutes left. I'd love for people to just know, you know, how they can um, get to know a little bit more about your ministry and uh, be able to come alongside in any way, but just be able to kind of know what you're doing. So where can we point people to learn more about Break Free? Sure. So um, our website is www.break-free.co.za. Um, I am currently uh, redoing that that website up a bit, so it's going to change a little bit um, in the in the near future. But um, that's where you can get the information of what we're doing. Um, some of the the news that's not on there that you won't see at the moment is um, there's we we currently are doing some fundraising for um, purchasing the the foreign license for Good Pictures Bad Pictures. Yeah. Um, we are. Um, unfortunately, many, many books, many useful resources that come out of the States, unfortunately, for South Africa, <laughs> um, once we get it back into South Africa, it's almost, uh, it's almost unpurchasable. Um, it becomes way too high for our economy to handle. So one of the things we're looking at doing is utilizing our, um, our printing houses in-house. Um, and uh, once we've got those licenses and the digital version of those books, we, we, we can then reproduce that book for nearly for 
um, under half the cost if we were to import it. So um, that's what we're looking at doing um, is to to um, to get that book in particular that book printed because we we also going through um, we create we're creating a, a curriculum for SACE accreditation. SACE is the South African Council for Education. All educators in South Africa have to um, do training points. They have to earn training points over a, a two-year cycle. And um, if we are accredited, then it allows us the opportunity to award points to teachers who come and listen to our, our talks and our, and our material. And um, one of the things we can then do is, is then use that book, for, particularly for junior schools, um, for, for primary schools, to use that book to teach kids from an early age that you might come across images that are, that are not good, that only adults, only adults should see, only a husband and wife should see, but what to do when you get to that stage. So that's some of the stuff we're trying to, to, um, to build up to in that, in that regard. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, we, we will definitely put uh, that link in our show notes and Brendan, thanks again for being with us and being willing to share your story and just what God's done in your life. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, listeners, uh, if you want just more information about how to keep pressing on in your journey, please reach out to us. Um, we're glad that you're, you've been with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. So take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.